I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. 518 if you need me, otherwise give us a bell. Thank you Thanks, so much, Joel. Joel. Thank you. Aww. I prefer him to Dave. weeks I can do it four weeks I'll smash it smash it out seven weeks that's long I'm not Mark Rylance I can't do this shit get me back on a TV set where I'm being paid too much money to do not very much oh my god it's so much money it's so much money to do nothing to hold some linen and stand behind Jenna Coleman Jenna if you're listening please give me a call (laughs) you were so good at holding that linen oh you know do you know what the only thing about TV though yeah hmm is it takes ages. It takes ages. Most of the time it's not creatively satisfying. Yeah. You, you do get treated well, but you also do get... You don't get treated like an artist. You get treated like... A prop. A prop. Unless you're number one or number two. Did or doing you? a really great job where people are nice. But Did yeah. I tell you about when I was in... Uh... Was that the one where you had to do the sex scene? No, that no. was... Uh... That wasn't the one where you vomited on everyone. The Last Kingdom, no, that was genius. Uh, God, I've done loads of telly. You've you've worked so much, it's really... Wow. This is the part of the episode where my thinly veiled competitiveness (laughs) towards Helen being more successful than me comes out. (laughs) Happens every episode, guys. Can I tell you about... And I am going to bleep that out. So I was playing this maid, obviously. And, um... And there'd been this thing where I was casting it as a sort of semi-series regular where the maid was going to be in it a few episodes. Then the part got cut. Then I was told, oh, she's back in it, but only for one episode. And there was these few scenes where, like, something had an affair or something. Then it got cut, so I was just in one scene handing someone a hairpin. (laughs) So I had about three lines. So I was obviously like, well, that's fine. Excited to go be have three lines. I did my scene where I had to answer the door and say my three lines. And the director, who I hadn't met, was off set, just shouted from off, Can we lose the maid? (laughs) (laughs) Right, but the worst thing was... (laughs) The worst thing was... Oh, Jesus Christ. Right, that is what we should call the spin-off, by the way. Can we, Can we lose, lose the, the maid? maid? Yeah. They then, the AD, so that's the assistant director who, it was the second AD, I think. They're basically, they're somebody who sort of manages where you stand and when you need to go and all that kind of stuff. They moved me out of shot, but I was trapped against a wall with a, with a, it was a locked door essentially, so I was still on the set and they then started filming the scene and I couldn't move forward because I would have gone into shot. So I had to spend the next like hour and a half just stood against this wall. What, and you couldn't just leave? I was too self-conscious to leave. Oh, I would have flounced. <laughs> to Can be we honest- lose the maid? 
to be honest, it oh, was so funny. I God, absolutely good. was laughing. Yeah, it's funny. And because my part was only three lines anyway, I wasn't like devastated that I'd been cut. That's show business. Kid. That's showbiz. I also got cut from Bridget Jones's baby. You did with London Hughes. You both got cut. Yeah, did we you? did. Yeah. Brutal. Brutal. Speaking of show business, let's do Simon Cowell. <laughs> So this is Bitchin. Every week we pick a different person to talk about, and this week we're going to talk about Simon Cowell. The godfather of two high trousers, Simon Cowell. You know, though, I've been Googling him when he was younger. Mm. He's very good looking. When he was younger? Yeah, have a Google. Okay, I'm going to Google Simon Cowell Young. Yeah, in in a sort of bushy way. (laughs) I actually don't see it. Is that just because you know what he became? No... Just not, not my type. Oh no, these aren't the pictures that I found. Maybe it was a different person. Uh, are these the ones you found, where he looks like yeah. a low rent Freddie Mercury? Yeah, he looks dreadful. <laughs> that hair is like me in Strange Fruit. Is that what you look like? You look great. That's what my hair is doing in Strange Fruit. I've really, it does it a flick. Yeah. Oh mate, do you look good? No. Oh no, I've seen your Instagram. Stories. No, I do actually. The costumes are really lovely. You're a beautiful woman. Thank you. Thank you. Do you know as well, you're a beautiful young person, but you've continued to blossom into a beautiful woman. What do you want? So you think he's fit. Do you want to guess his net worth? £85 billion. (laughs) (laughs) Come on. Don't do that Um, thing. Okay. £500 You're still higher than he actually is. £300 Yeah, £325 So my boyfriend who has shown very little interest in this podcast Mm -hmm. that Um, sounds like matt hi matt (laughs) hi remember me we went to uni together (laughs) he um he has sent me an email full of things about simon cowell because so this thing happened in matt's childhood where he obsessively watched um pop idol the x factor and then he started doing his a levels and he has no cultural references since that point so his cultural references are predominantly to do to do with it's all making sense now yeah so if you sort of say anything he'll be like oh that reminds me of and then he'll say some really obscure like pop idol yeah that reminds me of when darius came on and everyone (laughs) thought that he was a dick but actually (laughs) can i tell you one of the x-factor contestants i always fancied so much oh yeah go on ridian who is ridian i would have smashed in ridian and he was utterly off his box they all are he was crackers it does take advantage of mentally ill people, doesn't it? Yeah, it does, yeah. But but not not necessarily always mentally ill people. Sometimes people are just eccentric. Or sometimes people with disabilities. I don't think Ridian is either of those things. I think he was just a bit eccentric. I don't remember him, Ridian. He was the one who had the voice like this. Uh, he, he, like, sang Phantom of the Opera on the show, and he had the hair like that. He kind of looked like a... Like an android. What's he doing now, do you know? I don't know. I think he just, like, releases classical albums that oh, all women buy. Oh, it's him! Yeah. He looks like that guy from Buffy. Yeah! He's kind of got a look of, of that about him, yeah? He looks like... what's his, What was his name in Buffy? Spike. Spike. Mm. So Matt sent you an email. Yeah, so I'm just going to read out the things that he sent me. If that's <laughs> yeah, that's fine. He's absolutely... So his kind of plan is that he wants to do a show where he gets all of the old X Factor finalists. Oh, cool. Another excuse not to cast me. (laughs) Matt's the director. 
and he uh he doesn't like me it's fine it's fine it's a, it's a sticking point in mine and helen's relationship but eventually <laughs> me and helen will get married anyway and it'll be and we'll kill matt yeah <laughs> he loves you he he wants to do a show with um with all the yeah the expert finalists who are no longer working and I no think longer with us <laughs> no longer with us do you know it is a bit of a point you know we were talking in the podcast about um Jeremy Kyle, we were talking about the culture of Love Island and that sort of short-term fame leading to... Deep depression. Yeah, yeah. and in some cases, suicide. That's set with shows like The X Factor as well, isn't it, where you are so famous. It's like, I mean, I think we've both had a little taste of it ourselves. Not in as big a way, but, like, I was watching this video that's from Russell Brand that someone else had liked, hence why it was on my timeline talking about how when he did the film Arthur, mm. which was a critical and commercial failure, he was the saddest he's ever been in his Aww. whole life because he thought that it would be this huge thing and he would be this, like, you know... He, he thought that he... Oh, he I thought see. he was going to be, like, this really well-respected actor when it came out. I see. And that didn't happen. Um, just talking about how, like... Uh, kind of as soon as you put everything which is so easily done especially in our line of work Mm -hmm. as soon as you put your sense of worth and your all your validation eggs in the basket of the thing you're about to do or whatever you're doing it you're kind of pretty sure you're damning yourself really because I remember when I got Victoria I was I kind of couldn't help I mean I'd never done anything that big before I kind of just did assume that when that came out, my life would change, and it didn't. Yeah, <laughs> and that's yeah. so... It's so painful, and it's also really shameful because you feel ashamed for having been yeah. duped by the bigness of it yeah. and, like, you know, being at dinner with Jenna Coleman and Rufus Sewell and thinking, oh, my God, I'm just like Rufus Sewell now. And you're not. <laughs> you're not. But the thing you just... I mean, I don't think it would happen to me now. Now I'd go into everything with expectations lower <laughs> than the floor. But... It's so, at least I do something where people do respect my talent and they respect my time with money as well. But something like reality TV, where you have all these expectations of, like, you could become Little Mix or you could become fucking One Direction, it must be so, so painful to do that and then you don't but then people at the corner shop still recognise you go ah you're so and so from well that's it it must be so hard to think what you feel like you can't just go and get a job in Tesco yeah if you've been on the X Factor because you are in some way kind of it's almost like that would feel like a step backwards but equally for so many of these people I will read out their names you just I don't remember who I don't remember who they are but as well what you said about being at dinner with Jenna Coleman is also interesting because I think this thing happens where when you're aspiring towards something particularly if that thing is sort of fame related Mm. you kind of imagine I don't know if you do this I imagine somebody else it's it's me having become somebody else rather than the yeah. lifestyle changing. And I think that's what's always surprising is I bet even if you are a little mix of One Direction, it must be surprising that you haven't actually changed because you kind of imagine that you would change with the fame and become a bigger and better version of you and actually you're still just, you know, you've got all your warts and all. Mm. I'm, that's so interesting though because I'm the opposite to you where I um, always thought I'm kind of I'm the optimist and you're the pessimist and actually I've always gone into every job assuming that it's not going to go anywhere no one yeah. will watch it yeah <laughs> yeah and normally they don't or normally I get cut 
Hey, it's happened to all of us. Can we lose the maid? Can we lose the maid? <laughs> Can we lose the maid? She's jarring. So, do you remember Steve Brookstein? Yes, he's now a renowned racist. <laughs> Congrats, Steve. Do you remember Shane Ward? Yeah, that's my goal, baby. Uh, he actually has done all right, you know. He went yeah, in, he's in Korea. Yeah. Well, he's left. He, he, Good for him. He killed himself in the show. Oh, God. But it was a really important storyline that raised Great. awareness around male suicide. Great. And he's thought to have since been cast as a, in a psychological drama called Stairs. Leona Lewis, we know her. Yeah. Leon. Keep bleeding, keep, keep bleeding. Leona Lewis looks like she pulls the wings off butterflies. What? What do you mean? She's just... Oh. She, is she an actor now, is she? So what's she doing? She a, yeah. did really well with Cinco, Psycho, sorry, which is... Uh, Cinco? <laughs> Psycho is... Uh, is uh, what's his name? Who we're talking about? Simon Cowell. Simon Cowell's label. Oh! What? I thought... That like Psycho was another psychological thriller that Leona Lewis had been cast in. No, Psycho S Y C O is the name of, of the Simon Cowell's Simon company. Cowell's yeah. company. Um, is that because it's like Cy and Co. Simon Company. Yeah. But also, I don't know, maybe because he's a psycho. Yeah, probably that. She did. What did she do? She was in Andrew Lloyd Webber's returning musical Cats in two thousand sixteen. Who's that? Andrew Lloyd Webber's. <laughs> <laughs> the plural of Andrew Lloyd Webber is Andrew Lloyd Webber's. Yeah. She was in that playing Grizabella. Mm-hmm. However, just four months in the role, she stepped down. <laughs> Since then, the London native has featured... Who's written this? <laughs> with a number of artists. Is this on Matt's email? Yeah. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? What's wrong with him? He runs a theatre company. Why has he written all this? <laughs> no, he's not written it. He's copied and pasted it. In June 2018, she worked with Pitbull to release the lead single Amour from the film Gotti. Leon Jackson, do you remember them? No. Now we're getting into the territory of, I don't care. Well, what's confusing is you've got Leon Jackson, 2007, Alexandra Burke, 2008, so I remember her. Oh, yeah, I know who you mean. And she does musicals now. Yeah. Yeah. She was in The Bodyguard, and then she was in Sister Act. And then she did Strictly Come Dancing, and she got to the final, and now she's in Chicago. Cool. Sorry, this is dull. Love Chicago. It's a good show. Joe McEldry. Oh, oh, when he sang with George Michael. I didn't see it. Oh, have you not seen it? What oh, happened? my God. What oh, it? it's the sweetest thing you've ever seen in your whole entire life. He I'm... failed to get to Christmas number one. Yeah. Because that was the year that everybody uh, campaigned to get Rage, Rage Against, Against the Machine to number one, including previous X Factor winner... Steve Brookstein was part of the campaign to get Rage Against the Machine to Christmas number one. Steve Brookstein, who'd won. Who does not align with any of the views that the members of Rage Against the Machine hold. (laughs) A literal anti-colonialist, anti-Eurocentric band. He probably just thought that they do guitars and scream. And he's also just personally bitter, isn't he, about the X Factor not making him... Mm. As famous as he wanted it to make him. Go on then, let's see Joe McAldry and George Michael. Who's that? That's Joe McAldry. Are you sure? Yes. <laughs> oh my god, he's 12. <laughs> Does he not know he's coming? No, he knows he knows he's coming. This is terrible. Oh, I think he's doing an all right job. He's doing an all right job. This show is... Yeah. Terrible. 
Is that George Michael? Yes, it's George Michael! Are you sure? Yes! Right, give me the phone back. You're not allowed to watch it anymore. <laughs> You've shown disrespect to George. So that was Joe McAldrew. Is that him? <laughs> uh, and then can we all... lose the maid? <laughs> He's, uh, he's nine years after winning the X Factor, he's returned to the stage, and you can currently see him in concert across the UK. Good for him. Close the door. Matt Cardle. Do you remember him? Sounds like a craft beer. Little Mix then in 2011. They've done all right, haven't they? Oh, yeah. I like the Little Mixes. They're good. James Arthur was the year after that. He's done all right as well, hasn't he? Yeah. He was not nice, though, wasn't he? Was he not nice? I think so. I can't remember what he did. Really... I'll find out right now. Yeah, go on, Google him. Why is he a bad, bad man? Who's this? Sam Bailey. Mentor by Sharon Osborne. Is he? <laughs> I've got a friend called Sam Bailey who writes plays. He, did here, you win here we the Papa Tango? Your yeah. mate Sam Bailey. Oh, well yeah. done, Sam. Yeah. X Factor winner James Arthur has become embroiled in a war of words with fellow contestant Lucy Spragan, the, ser- the latest in a spring of public relations missteps. The 25-year-old recently quit Twitter after a criticism of a rap battle in which he used the word queer. He reacted angrily when comedians Matt Lucas and Frankie Boyle challenged him, but later apologised. However, exchanges continued offline in a string of abusive texts to Spragan. Lucy, what are you playing having digs at me? You not think you're being a bit over the top? Is it because you're a gay rights activist you had to say something as extreme as people kill themselves every day over words like queer? Are you for real? Arthur then pointed out his album sold ten times yours in its first week. Mate... Yeah. It's like playground arguing, but put really mm. publicly because they've all become famous accidentally mm. by going on the X Factor. All right, look, we've got Ben Hano, Louisa Johnson. Matt- Louisa Johnson, I know that one. Do you know her? She did that song that I like. She won the she's show. A re- she's an amazing singer, isn't she? She parted ways with Psycho in the summer of 2018, so that was... Uh, after she this is the thing so he so they win and then he signs them and then he drops them yeah hello my name is pete ellison this is dave crib hello and we do a podcast called friends with friends as you might have guessed from the music that's playing underneath uh, which is a sort of lo-fi rendition of the friends theme tune for rights reasons we get a different guest on every week on our podcast to talk about their favorite episode of friends and we look through it in excruciating detail we pick through levels of plots like no one has ever done before so if you like friends or just listening to people talking which are both valid activities do look us up on the old podcast apps and that friends with friends and we're on twitter at friends wf hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Do 
Did you see his big fallout with Simon Fuller? No, what happened? So Simon Cowell and Simon Fuller set up Pop Idol, mm-hmm. famous for Will and Gareth Gates, yeah. Will Young and Gareth Gates. Icons. Simon Cowell then went and did the X Factor and Simon Fuller basically sued him for stealing the format of the show but not taking him with him and they ended up in this huge like legal battle where lots of like public things were said yeah Simon Fuller wanted um that wanted crediting as an executive producer of the X Factor and he and he said that he was owed millions of dollars in fees Simon Cowell responded saying you can't give someone an executive producer's title if they didn't executive produce the show and there was this huge kind of Standoff. Simon Fuller's responsible for Spice Girls the movie. He's like a big. God bless him. Yeah. Well, this and is all the who's thing. sailing him. What a fucking legend. He Best film awful, of all though. time. He told S Club Seven, "I could put cardboard cutouts of you on stage, and it wouldn't make any difference." Ah. <laughs> God. Funny that's and true, or yeah. awful. <laughs> Both. Something could be funny and cruel at the same time. And also, it's not true. S Club Seven are amazing. Yeah. God bless them. R.I.P. R.I.P. in peace. Did you go and see S Club 3 when they came to... Uh, was it S Club 2 or S Club 3 when they no. came to Sheffield Uni? Absolutely not. They were really good, but they got really angry because we all were screaming Reach for the Stars because we really wanted them to play Reach for the Stars and they got, had all this new stuff. Oh, come on. Oh, I felt really Who's bad. doing a uni tour and thinking anyone wants to hear the new stuff? <laughs> <laughs> but, the, but this kind of um, public spat between Fuller and Cowell... Mm. There's been a lot of sort of li- like writing on it around it and the fact that it's a clash of egos, really, isn't it? It's mm. these two ultimately incredibly powerful men who have huge amounts of money and control. Both and called Simon. Both called Simon. And they, there wasn't enough... I just had to make that observation. I thought so Simon smart. Fuller presented Sunday Brunch until I Googled it. <laughs> he had an affair with Danny Minogue. Did he? Well, he says he did. Yeah. He uh, he did a splash of My Affair with Danny. He'd recently split up with his partner. He said they had many nights of passion. <laughs> he describes her as being appealing to a manly man. I was like a schoolboy. <sighs> she was foxy. She was a real man's girl. What? <laughs> she was a real man's girl? Uh, very feminine. It was genuine love. She was a real man-sized tissue. <laughs> I just <had> to <laughs> screw up and... Blow my nose on it. They were having a bit of a toss about at the same time that Sharon Osbourne, who was my kind of childhood hero, I got. I love Sharon. I went to the hairdresser with a picture of her so that I could have my hair like. Did you? That's so sweet. And uh, and Louis Walsh. Have you heard about what Sharon Osbourne does to people she doesn't like? She sends them poo. She sends them poo in the human poo. She sends them her own shit. (laughs) And another story which I read. I don't know if I read it on Pop Bitch or somewhere else. So apparently. She once sent this thing to this office. I don't know what they'd done to her, but it was just like a single wine gum. And everyone was like running around like, oh my God, no one eat the wine gum, don't eat the wine gum. And someone had already eaten it. And they were like, why? Why wouldn't we eat the sweets that we've been given? And uh, she puts them off her vagina (laughs) and then sends them to people. Puts them off her fanny and then sends them to people. Oh, I mean, she's also pissed in people's whiskey bottles. Stop well. it! Yeah, stop she's pissed saying, in people's whiskey is she bottles. Okay, she's just a pure legend, mate. Just don't fuck with her. That's sick. That's sick. Oh, she's sick. I'm, I'm regret taking my a picture into my hairdresser. So it created a division between uh, Sharon and Louis, and 
why the Danny fact, the fact that he was Simon. bone inside. So, yeah, was bone there, in. there was sort of this culture where Sharon and Louie were really mean to Danny and she said if it hadn't been for Simon, she would have quit the show. Oh. So it was all tense at X Factor land. Do you know, I met someone who worked on the X Factor mm. and they said that Simon Cowell used to do this thing where the whole, you know they do those live shows where just a full arena audience is in, like thousands uh-huh. of people, and it would be like time to start filming and he would order, he would order a facial and he would just sit there having a facial. And I was like, what do you mean? And she said it was because he knew that he was, he wanted to feel so important and he knew that they needed the show to start but they also couldn't do it without him. And it made that kind of power dynamic really clear of the producer going, come on, Simon, we need you on the stage, and him going, well, you're not going to have me until I've had my facial. Does that make you like him or hate him? I can't tell by your face. I'm going to go with hate. They know they can't do the show without you. There's no need to be a dick until people are being a dick to you, and then you can send them a wine gum in the past. <laughs> I really dislike him, and I dislike the format of the show and everything, but then also sometimes I look at his life and I'm like... You look like you're having such a nice time. Yeah. He just gets to hang out with the coolest peoples. He looks at people's peoples. <laughs> gets to hang out with the coolest <laughs> Andrews Lloyds Webbers. I just love adding S's to things. <laughs> Made them plural. Do you want to hear all the people that is fired? Yeah. Louis Walsh. Great. Several times and then brought him back from the dead <laughs> several times. <laughs> Mel B. She only made it through once. Oh, though. Mel B. Connie Hook. What? Who used to present uh, before Dermot O'Leary. And then this article on oh thetelegraph.co.uk is making a link between her departure. Maybe some clues can be found to the Black Mirror episode Hook co-wrote that aired a few months later, which is the one, you know, that was a sort of satire on uh, talent competition shows. I've never seen Black Mirror. It's one of the first series episodes where they're sort of uh, competing on a... On a talent show that's very much modelled on the X Factor but I don't believe that that was out of spite of being fired because it only aired a few months after who knows but maybe she got fired because she was writing it oh yeah maybe he fired Kate Thornton do you remember her can we lose the maid <laughs> Cheryl Cole he fired James Arthur he fired his security guard <laughs> he fired is this his... just the well, how does Matt know this this is on the telegraph.co.uk. Oh, right, OK. He sent you the link. Yeah. And the, and there was all this stuff with Cheryl Cole. He says he wished he'd had an affair with her. He really fancied her, but she was married to Ashley Cole at the time. Mm. Married yeah. to Ashley Cole at the time. <laughs> Make of that what you will. Uh-huh. You can't see air quotes on the radio. The radio. <laughs> You're 100 years old. <laughs> We're on the wireless. <laughs> so he's really fickle and he just fires people and he steals people's ideas, i.e pop idol and goes and does it himself mm. and is all powerful and uh, that's bad agreed i just think it's such a lazy way of claiming to support new talent it's such a lazy and cynical way of doing it yeah if we scrapped those shows and put the money into something that like actually fostered people who were talented yeah but i think it's a consequence of coming out of the minds of people like simon cowell and simon fuller where they're not creators themselves. Mm. They just surround themselves. And this is why I'm jealous of their lives. And he looks like he's having such a lovely time. Oh, yeah. They just surround themselves with really amazing, talented people. And they are the vehicle that can get them mm-hmm. stardom. And then it's not actually about, I don't know, it's easy to say this, but it doesn't feel like it's actually about, yeah, nurturing the, the craft or the art. It's about what success sticks and who yeah. does it stick for quickly. And selling people a dream mm-hmm. that as we've listed all those kind of 
winners doesn't always last that long. It's actually not really about no. what happens after the show. It's about the entertainment of the show mm-hmm. itself, isn't it? So that was Simon Cowell, sort of. Yeah. What do you think? I think that uh, we should all go and find musicians and artists that we really love and support them in ways that we can. Hell yeah. So they don't have to go on the X Factor. Mm. But I also really want his life. He goes on such nice holidays. You, you'll get there. <laughs> you probably won't get to, you know, multi-millionaire levels. 325 million yeah. net worth. I wouldn't want that, I don't Yeah, think. I mean, you are a communist as well, so, I mean, <laughs> you are a far-left millennial, it as should... our latest iTunes review. <laughs> Listen, guys, if you listen to the podcast, please write us a nice review on iTunes, because it's only the, it's only the people from the cesspit of the internet who write reviews. So if we can get more people who actually do listen to it and who love us i really want us to do an episode about someone as controversial as tommy robinson again because it gets our listener figures up (laughs) (laughs) yeah but i don't want death threats helen (laughs) i love it i think if you're getting death threats then you're doing something right did you get any death threats when you're doing trojan horse no 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 we got some very middle class white people being annoyed because mm. that's really the people that we were criticizing nick timothy the advisor to theresa may called me a left-wing media type in the telegraph which Mood. was i'm getting framed and put on my Mood. wall i just was so happy that he knew who i was ah! <laughs> i was like it's cool but no no death threats yet it's going on till this autumn so we'll find out yeah i think it'll be all right yeah, it'll be all right yeah it's not going to london anyway <laughs> It absolutely is. Oh, is it? Where's yeah. it going? Battersea Arts Centre. Oh, great. Okay. Good. I'll let you know deets. Yeah, but come see uh, Who Cares? We're at the Edinburgh Fringe Summer Hall. Also, should oh, we say... Mm. So, gonna, yeah, go if on. you have anything that you've been dying for us to talk about, or a question that you would like answered by me or Helen, or some advice from either me or Helen. It can be anonymous, if you'd like to be anonymous. Or a comment in response to a previous episode that you want us to read out. Anything. Um, please do get in touch. You can message us directly on the Bitchin' Podcast Instagram or on the, the Twitter. But we love chatting to people on Twitter and Insta, so let's bring that conversation into the studio. Yes. Okay, we love okay. you so much. We love you so much. Shout out to Dave. Shout out to everyone <laughs> who's listening. <laughs> okay, bye. Okay, bye. You've been listening to Bitchin', a podcast by Tilly Steele and Helen Monks. Our music was by Dave Cribb and our artwork was by Luke W. Robson. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.